Brother Larry, would you open us up in prayer? Greetings, everyone. Welcome, visitors. Uh, I would like to, to open up this morning um, and consider a little bit of the early ministry of Christ and uh, do so briefly and then focus on one aspect of it. It's kind of my plan for, for the opening message. And uh, I guess I will start by saying from Psalms, it says, uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And um, I trust that the words this morning will be a blessing to you. Um, Christ, in his early ministry, had many different ways that he spread his message. And his, uh, um, his message of the kingdom. And I am going to read just a brief path passage to you from Matthew chapter 4. If you care to turn there, I will read uh, a, a portion of that in beginning in chapter or in verse 17. And just to get an idea of some of the things that Christ did in his early ministry as he was beginning to describe to people the kingdom of heaven. And it says in uh, verse 17, it says, from that time Jesus began to preach. And, it, and that time is referring to the, uh, the time that John the Baptist was cast into prison. So at that time, Jesus then began his ministry, in a sense at that point is what the idea would get here. And he began to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And really that's where John the Baptist was preaching at that point. So Jesus is kind of taking off taking up where John the Baptist left off. John the Baptist was saying basically the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence... He saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left their ship and their father and followed him. So we see at this point that, that Christ specifically called some people. He had some people that he specifically went to and called them out to be followers of him. And it goes on and says, And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. So we see here that Christ took opportunity in the synagogues to do some teaching 
took opportunity in synagogues to preach a little bit, and uh, also he had a healing ministry. And in these places, he wasn't calling out specific people, but we'll see that as he was doing this, people began to follow him. People were interested in what he was saying. People were interested in what he was doing, and he got their attention. And they may not have known exactly why they were following him, but they began to follow him. Uh, Continuing on in verse 24, And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all, uh, all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed of devils, and those which were lunatic, and those which had the palsy, and he healed them. He healed all of them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. So we see from this passage that as Christ did all these different things, it generated interest. Yeah, um, healing, and he obviously had a power uh, in his ministry that people were drawn to, and he could solve problems. He could solve the most difficult things you could think about, being possessed, being paralyzed, um, all kinds of diseases and things. He had the answer to that, and so people were interested in Christ, but they didn't fully understand what the kingdom was about yet. Jesus began to teach about that. They started to have an idea of things, but those were, those were all ministry, but they weren't what we would consider a sermon. And that's something I want to consider today, is the idea of a sermon, because then at this point, Christ decides, he makes a decision, I believe it was planned, and the timing was perfect, that now that there were so many people following him, that the Bible describes it as a multitude, there were multitudes of people following him, that he decided it was time for there to it was time to have a sermon. Uh, and a sermon is different. It's different in in a way. I know that the scripture says that God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And and other things can be considered preaching too, but there's something special about a sermon. It's different than anything else we do. It's not a discussion. It's not a Bible study, so to speak. It's not a back-and-forth question-and-answer kind of a thing, all of which are good ways to minister to people. But it is a specific time and a specific place with a group of people that gather together to hear one person speak uninterrupted. It's different. I don't know exactly. It, to me, it's mysterious how different it is. And how it seems that God uses that in a different way. But it is uh, something special that, that Christ used in his ministry, and I believe that that's what we are called to do in the church, and we do it. That's what's happening now. One person speaking, uninterrupted. Nobody's saying, what do you mean by that? You know, it's, And it's a responsibility. It's a very, very uh, different responsibility that can be frightening if it's your turn to do that. Okay? But Christ um, shows us a great example of, the, of, of, of a sermon. And it's definitely a sermon. There was a time and there was a place. I almost half imagine, says uh, in Matthew chapter 5, it says, In seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and he taught them. Right? So we see from that, 
that there was a place, there was that mountainside, and there was a time, obviously, that people all came together at the same time. And there was a preparation for that. I don't believe that this was an accidental thing that he said, talked a little about this, and he talked a little bit about that. And, oh, by the way, yeah, this, and he didn't go off in rabbit trails and things like that, like can happen. Uh, but it was a planned sermon. I believe it was a planned sermon with, with a definite flow, that, an outline that you could figure out if you looked at it. Um, and, and it was something that he meant to do. It wasn't an accident. Oh, these people are following me. Maybe I'll give a sermon now. He didn't, it didn't happen like that. It was planned. I half imagine, you know, and I know it didn't happen this way, but just imagine with me Christ saying to the people, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's, uh, all of you are here. You have many questions. I think it's time that I laid out the kingdom of heaven for you. There's this mountain over here. Give me about two hours. In about two hours, we'll have a meeting up there. There's some nice places to sit up there. You can hear me clearly from up there. And uh, so we're going to have a sermon up there. It's in the mountain, and we'll see you at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Okay? So, Jesus, I'm just conjecturing here. I'm just imagining. But I, I, I really believe that it was planned. It was planned. People knew where to go and what time to get there so that they could hear the sermon. As it says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. And his disciples weren't the twelve that we might think about. He had, at this point in time, only called four people out, specifically. If, if the timeline is exact in the scripture, at this point there were only four that later became apostles of the twelve. Disciples were people who were following him. There were many. Many people who were following him were interested in his ministry and maybe wanted to become a follower of him. And he needed to lay out to them exactly what that would mean. Because they really didn't know exactly what all that, that was, was entailed in the, in the uh, kingdom of heaven. And so, that being the need, he called them unto him. His disciples came unto him. So the multitude came unto him. And when, they were, when, when he was set, his disciples came unto him. So when he was prepared... When everything was ready, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek. The meek get to inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, which most of them would have. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye, all of you. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. And persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is set forth good for nothing but to be cast out, and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law. Think not that I am come to destroy the law. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach these, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. I mean, you have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, whosoever shall hate his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say unto his brother, Raka, thou empty head, Whosoever shall say unto his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bringest thy gift before the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift, and go thy way. First be reconciled unto thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, committeth adultery with her already in his heart. Therefore, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. And cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Again, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. Yes or no. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man shall sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Go with him two miles. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, 
Love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse thee. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For if you love them that love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Take heed that thou doest not thine alms before man to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine alms... Do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms might be in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And when ye pray, be not as the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, if, if ye forgive men their trespasses, so will your heavenly Father forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they might appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly." Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body should be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body should be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. You cannot serve God and be materialistic. 
Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Nor yet for your body, what we should put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Behold the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed as one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the, into the oven, into the fire, how much more shall he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Judge not. Judge not, lest ye be judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why? Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me cast out the mote that is in thine eye. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite! First cast out the beam that is in thine own eye, and then thou canst see clearly to cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy to the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? Wherefore, all things, whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this, this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Enter ye in at the difficult gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Beware. Beware of false 
prophets. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, and a corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever shall hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains came, and the floods, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. And whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains came, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. It fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished. They were astonished. The people were astonished at his doctrine. They had been followers of him. They had been interested in his ministry, in his power that he seemed to have. Some of them may have believed already that he was the Son of God. But they were astonished at his doctrine. And the main reason they were astonished at his doctrine is because he taught them as one who had authority. And he didn't teach them like the scribes. And I, I, I feel like when we preach, we're kind of like scribes. We don't have the authority in ourselves beyond, you know, beyond the point that we're actually quoting Scripture. We don't have the same authority. We can't be negotiated with. <laughs> we don't have the authority to, to change anything. And Christ himself said he wasn't changing anything in his ministry. But uh, I feel like this passage, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is a real powerful passage. Just where Christ 
decided to give a sermon. It wasn't a little bit of this, a little bit of that, here or there. Christ gave the sermon. He laid it out. There was no question. There was no interruption. He gave the sermon, and he let there be no question, no question in their mind what it meant to be a Christian. How a Christian acts, how a Christian thinks, what's in his heart. You know, the expectation of being a kingdom Christian was, is all laid out there. And I know all scripture is given by inspiration of God, but I do feel like the, this passage should have a special place in our heart because Christ himself gave this sermon. It was recorded. And there's a lot of power in it because it's Christ's words itself. So, I think that's all I have for today. I just wanted to present Christ's sermon to you. Not my sermon, but Christ's sermon. And just kind of present it in a way that demonstrated a flow of thought. It's not just a thing on this, you know, something on murder, something on adultery, something on this. There's a, a flow of thought as you go through it. There is a, there is a, a path of thought that makes sense as you, as you look through it. And that's what I was hoping to be able to convey this morning on that. Word of the Lord. Amen.